Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70 Millimeter, a podcast for film fans just like you. With me, as always, is my close friend and artist, Danny Haas. Hello. And our close friend and Mattel shareholder, Pearl Alexis. I am Knuff. <laughs> Normally, each episode is connected to the theme of that month, but this time we asked our Patreon supporters to choose between... Oppenheimer and Barbie and Greta Gerwig's film One Out. FYI, you can use the chapters to skip right to that discussion. But is this a better film than Oppenheimer? Will it kick off the Mattel cinematic universe? Does any of that really matter? Let's talk about it together. The MCU. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. All right. So the vote, the vote is finished. We talked about it last week. Barbie destroyed Oppenheimer, Danny. Destroyed it. Annihilated it. It's an accidental allegory. I didn't mean it, but we'll never do an Oppenheimer episode. We'll never release one. Are you over it yet, Danny? You were pretty peeved last week. Yes, I'm over it. I've, I've gotten myself together, uh, to be able to talk about uh, Barbie uh, with a clear mind and full heart. Mm. Wow. Is that what they say in that movie? <laughs> clear minds, full hearts, can't lose. Can't lose. Thank you. Right. What's that guy's name? He's in every movie. Chad. Chad. Chad yeah. Kroger. <laughs> Patron saint of this podcast. Chad Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know the topic that everyone wants us to get to. It was all over the news wires, Vanity Fair, discussing film, uh, the aliens event on Capitol Hill. Oh, right. We're not, but I have to say, we'll get we'll get into it in the uncut. That's that's a supporter only discussion. We'll get into the aliens talk. The truth is in the uncut. You know, you know we go hard for alien talk, okay, folks? We go real hard. So we'll get into that. We can only talk about it behind closed doors. That's true. That's true. Whistleblower <laughs> rules apply on this podcast as well. We got a new theme kicking off. Yeah. Next week. Pardo, do you want to officially announce the theme? Make we've, it known? We've, uh, we've talked about it, I think, a bit beforehand, but officially... Uh, our next month is Fawgust. That's right. Uh, Fawgust. <laughs> it's going to be all, it's going to be hot. It's going to be steamy. I mean, can it get any hotter God, in this God. great planet that we live on? <laughs> no, in this great nation we live in, where it is 120 degrees on the East Coast. Florida is gone. Gone. Danny is not even in Florida anymore. He's on a he's on some kind of boat. They're already getting the caution. A dinghy. Florida. I'm on a dinghy. It's on a dinghy. <laughs> the podcast dinghy. So fogest, fogest. I don't know. We talked about it a couple months ago. We're like thinking about movies we liked when we were younger, and maybe they do hold up. 
like the fog, what do we call it? The nostalgia, the nostalgia fog. fog. Yeah. Like we let yeah. the fog of that memory wash over us and think it's good. Mm-hmm. But is it good, Bardo? Is it Are good? those movies good? We're we're gonna find out. I'm I'm nervous for for my pick. I'll be honest. I'm nervous. Oh gosh. Yeah, you're starting it off at the end of the episode, announcing your 1994's pick. Little Women. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what if that is his pick? Oh god. <laughs> I kind of feel bad now. <laughs> Double VHS. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache on Christian Bale in that film. My god. Uh, Marcy wants to know in in live chat. Our supporters in the live chat. Did Art come up with this? I don't remember. Maybe. Art comes up with a lot of ideas. Most of them <laughs> not, not passing the smell test, but that one that one hit pretty well. Wordsmith. Yeah. Uh, let's say hello to some patrons that joined this week. Noah, Justin, and Nate all joined this past week at access to the VHS Village Discord. Discounts on Danny's Prince. Just FYI, the Barbie print is not going to be for sale. Yeah, don't, if you're, you're looking at it, it's top five Danny Art oh. for this podcast, in my opinion. Thank you. Not for sale. Contracts preclude us from selling that one. But there was a seven watch along oh in Discord. What? See that? Yeah, yeah. Seven with Brad Pitt. Yeah. Gwen. The box. Morgan. Yeah, the box. Will we ever do seven on this show, you think? I think so. Could happen. Hmm. We all love serial killers. <laughs> we said it last week. We're all three of us are against murder. We went on the record for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, anywho, that's uh, <laughs> if you want to join some like-minded movie lovers, movie fans. Uh, maybe your friend group isn't as hardcore into going to the movies, but you can make some new friends in our Discord. Danny, you watched a Fincher. Well, you you put you put me up to it, okay? Mm. And I got I I couldn't let it rest for a while. Um, Fincher's the game you brought up last oh. week, talking Zodiac, and uh, you you walked me through how to put it on my watch list on Letterbox. It was my first time for me, um, and I and I'm here to say I've I've completely cleared out my watch list this week, guys. Wow! So, <laughs> it went first from one to zero. Yeah, I did it within a week. I did the work. Some people have to do the work. Yeah, do the work. Um, what a great movie. What a fun story. Um, Douglas is incredible in it. Mm. Uh, it's shot incredibly. I mean, it's a it's Fincher um, kind of at his A game. There's so many just fun moments. Um, the murder stuff was fun. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. What's I the think- pitch? What's the, what's the pitch for the game for, for folks that haven't seen it? Um, Michael Douglas is a very rich man in, um, San Francisco and, uh, his long lost brother comes back in Sean Penn playing that character and he gets him a gift for his, one of his birthdays. Um, I don't know how old he is in this film and it's, it's like a, it's like what we would consider like an escape game now. And it's this company that uh, does like games, or I, like real life games for the rich, I guess. And so Douglas shows up, which is incredible that he shows up for this. He doesn't seem like a person that would do this in this film. But yeah, the game pursues, it's, it's a mystery, um, 
a really good supporting cast around him. It's just a lot of fun. It ends mm-hmm. well. Not the well, ending. but it, it, the ending's great. God. I mean, it has like yeah. seven endings in like the last five <laughs> minutes. Um, but what a what a fun story! I, like, I just had a great time watching it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's like underrated. I feel like I watched it for the first time one or two years ago. I, I mean, like, your review said off. it's your favorite Fincher. Easy, which I, I find a- impressive because I think if if push come to shove, I would say seven is my favorite Fincher, but this could be up there. I don't know. I think I may have enjoyed this a little bit more than Zodiac. Maybe. Oh. I don't know. They're about equal. They're just, a. they're just, it was just a lot of fun. I had a yeah. great time watching it. Michael Douglas in a suit. Look great thriller. Suit. I mean, yeah. name a better recipe for a movie. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in Fincher and it's, it's a five bang. Mm. His, his BMW. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I love the idea it. of like, I mean, I don't love the idea of the rich. I just get that on the record too, folks, please. Yeah. Um, but that there's like this escape room company that is so expensive that they will F with you in real life. Mm-hmm. Like and that's the game. F with you. Yeah. And like, how about when the TV, the guy on the TV starts talking yo. to him in his house? Yo, that was amazing. <laughs> that but was like the, amazing. When he first drives home, the first like, the beginning of it, I don't even want to spoil it. Like, yeah. What he finds in his driveway. I'm like, excuse me. You got to watch the game. Yeah, you got to watch <sighs> it. You got to rent it. Streaming. It is a rental. It's a rental. Make a rental happen Buy this it. weekend with your lover. Buy it and give it away to a friend. So anyway, great time with, thank you for that recommendation. Sure. Um, I always trust your taste in movies. Thank you. Thank you. But this Rebecca, you finally knocked that one off your list too? Hitch. And I don't know why I threw it on. What Did we talk about Hitchcock recently? No. I feel like I brought up Hitchcock. Oh, yes. On our um, Mount Rushmore of directors, I brought up Hitch. And I was like, I'm ready for another Hitch. And I finally watched Rebecca. Um, phew, stupid good. Like, it's, mm. it's just um, visually, it's incredible. A gorgeous black and white. Uh, Joan Fontaine? Is that her? I think that's her name. Or maybe that's the character's mm-hmm. name. No, that's the actor. Actress. She plays Miss DeWinter. Yes. She's incredible in it um it's just it's a wild story it's beautifully shot i really kind of want to it has a great finale um and i really want to watch the netflix remake that they did um lily james and i think army hammer maybe oh boy yeah chad kroger chad kroger (laughs) um But uh, Hitchcock's version is beautiful. And there's just, there's some great miniature work in it. There's some great like camera panning through fire that I thought was stunning. Um, But yeah, I had a great time with Rebecca. Mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, Mm. good film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every week we give out a free year of Letterboxd patron. Disclaimer, I'm a Letterboxd employee. Uh, Get access to backdrops on your reviews, lists, and profile stats, streaming services. Um, also speaking of streaming services, if you're a Paramount Plus subscriber, I know there, I know a large portion of our audience probably is a Paramount Plus sub, Mm. but if you pay like a certain tier, they just unlocked Showtime in that app for you. Yeah. Showtime. So like, remember that Jack Nicholson Wolf movie? That's on Wolf of Wall Street. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, one with Michelle Pfeiffer. Nobody talks about that movie. Batman Returns. Paramount. All right. Enough. Um, anywho, Kenton Little left a review tagged at 70 mm pod. It's the only tag I'll search for. That's how you enter to potentially win. Uh, 
And uh, actually, a lot of t- reviews tag 70 mm Pod. Oh my gosh. Once once that patron of yeah, the deal. This is different. You know, people started to. <laughs> this is attention. the game. <laughs> uh, left a review for Barbie. Men only want one thing and it's disgusting. And then, final oh. word horses. <laughs> Four and a half stars from Kenton. So, from who? Kenton. Kenton oh, Little. Ken. No. Ken well, I mean, Barbie Ken is in the name. Uh, Proto, what, what do you uh, want to talk about this week? Let's see. What do I want to talk about? Um, well, I was thinking about my my dear my dear friend Carol Ballard again, one of my uh, my directors. Maybe on my maybe a Mount Rushmore director for oh me. Oh my when god! I think really? About, when I'm thinking about what Carol Ballard does with a camera, sure. um, I watched his movie from 1992 this week called Wind. Uh, this popped up on Amazon Amazon streaming, um, so I put it on. It stars Matthew Modine, who I think was an Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And Jennifer Grey. Oh, wow. Of course, oh, from Dirty Dancing. Uh, and it is about, speaking of being white and rich and a man, uh, Matthew <laughs> Modine, he plays a yacht sailor in like, he's a competitive uh, yacht racer. Yeah, he's a yachtsman. Um and his girlfriend is Jennifer Grey, and she is also a yachtswoman, but um, she's studying. She studies aerial uh, engineering and is Whoa. like building airplanes out in the Mojave Desert um, the? When, when she's not racing yacht. Yeah, it's like their lives are incredible <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> um, but Carol Ballard is like a master at catching well he does a lot his movies uh center a lot around animals but in this it's around sailing and these yacht races and there's just a ton of footage of these boats going on races and these crews manning the boats it's it's basically you know it's like a sailboat but if 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 you were trying to uh sail it as fast as possible so it's like a world that i've never seen before and just the footage is just incredible on the like I I would love to know how he did this. But I mentioned in my review how Steven Spielberg talked about how hard it was to film on a mm-hmm. boat for Jaws. Well, this is like half the movies on a boat, True. and they're racing, um, and it it looks all legit. So um, I'm fascinated by it. So it, it's 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 a gorgeous movie to look at. I gave it four stars. I've never heard anyone talk about this movie. Yeah. Um, it's a very low stakes, you know, it's like these two rich kids trying to win a boat race. Mm. So it's not that important, but uh, it's a well shot movie and mm. I really enjoyed watching it on a What's Saturday that morning. kind of sweater called that Modine is wearing in that backdrop? That looks like a boating sweater of some kind. Yeah, that might be some like marine wear he's got on. <laughs> that got looks that icy. Imagine getting That's an IG a- ad for that. That's like a $400 sweater. Oh, believe me. <laughs> it's a kooky. Believe me. <laughs> My God, I, I'm open up Quaker QuakerMarine.com every week. <laughs> They're wool sweaters. Goodness, <laughs> there was some other movie I had on here. Oh, Godland! Oh, you oh. finally watched this movie, Godland, right? Isn't it like a Norwegian priest, Iceland. right? Uh, like yeah. So it's it's a this movie. It popped up on Criterion. It came out last year. So when it came out, I think I, I caught the trailer of it and was immediately uh, interested in seeing it. So I was excited when it popped up. It's about a Danish priest 
who is sent to build a church on the far side of of the Icelandic coast. Um, and, but instead of choosing the sail there, he wants to see the land. So he gets a, a guy to take him across Iceland. And he's also a, uh, this is like, uh, I think it's late 19th century or some period. So he has a camera, but it's, it's like a rudimentary camera. You know, he, you actually take the picture on a pane of glass and it shows the whole process of like how you take a picture. Um, but it's him going into like this country as a priest, as a missionary, trying to set up a church and just how he really is not accustomed to the people, the landscape, or really even like doing the work of being a priest. Mm-hmm. But uh, this movie is like, in, to me, incredibly stunning. Just the the cinematography that it's all in Iceland. So it's, it's breathtaking. The, the landscape um, it, it doesn't even look like earth, you know, it's, it's like a volcano, volcanic, um, mm. landscape. And, uh, um, he does this really, they do this really cool shot where it's like a 360 turn all the way around and it just shows you the whole landscape. But the way th- characters come in, in and out of frame is really, um, incredible. So I, this movie is like totally in my wheelhouse. Uh, I gave it five stars. Oh, easy five stars with this. Goodness. You know, you know, when you see, when, when, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and like five mm-hmm. minutes in, I was, I knew, I knew. but you saw this too, right? Son? I did. I remember I got a, I got a screener for this one. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I remember I had to like cast it to my TV and anytime you do that oh, with like wow. a screener, it's kind of like, you know, the quality is not great. They make it so hard to like have an enjoyable experience watching a screener at home. I know that's like. First world problems. Sorry. <laughs> as soon as it came out of my mouth, I knew I made a mistake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I knew that this was gorgeous. And I think I might have even said this in a previous episode that I would I would have loved to hear your take on it because it was that kind of like stunningly shot, you know, photograph minded movie. It like, you know, yeah. And once you see some of this the photography in this movie, that that makes a lot of sense. Where did you watch it, Proto? I mean, that's a deadly question. Criterion, I think, right? Yeah, it's on Criterion Channel. Did they release it in like 4K or just, it's just streaming? I think it's only streaming. I don't okay. know if it was like major enough to get a physical a release. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Mm. Be lucky if any of these things get physical releases. Yeah. You know? I mean, what was the, um, the camping movie that I loved that is also on Showtime? What's that movie that I watched last year? The couple Yogi that was- Bear camping last year uncle buck recently purchased movies a love song what oh yeah okay i remember you watching that um why did i bring this up oh because i wasn't sure if this would ever get a physical release because it's like this kind of obscure smaller picture that you know i don't really know how that Mm. stuff works either yeah i I can see that because it it feels like like to me i think godland's amazing movie so i could see someone at criterion being like the only way people are going to see this movie is if someone puts it on streaming. So yeah, maybe we'll do it, you know? I mean, what's their standards really? They put out physical release of RoboCop. They can put out Godland. Who? Criterion. Criterion. Well, they haven't done a RoboCop physical release in 20 plus years. Right. Well, we got to get Arrow. Where's the like nerdier version of Arrow? Is that us? (laughs) Maybe we should be the nerdier version of Arrow. There's a vacuum. Yeah. There is a vacuum. We'll release God physical Lamb. media. I mean, did you see the news? The big news story. Tell me about it. About um, what was that Marvel show with Vision? 
WandaVision. WandaVision. They're doing a physical release, but no disc inside. You heard about this? I'm you sorry, this? what? Yeah. I mean, you, you you do the Google research. No, no, like I'm not Googling that. I'm already mad that you even said that to me in my face. It's like a Happy Meal with no toy. Should right? we talk about Secret Invasion? You guys no. watch and keep up with that? No. Is that out? <laughs> uh, we got to move on. We Someone have to move, to move on. on. We're running out of tape. Do I want to talk about a movie? Let me just look at my diary. We want you to talk I wanna, about a movie. I'll just look at my diary. I watched a Sylvester Stallone movie this week. <laughs> Speaking of Ken's. <laughs> Daylight, 1996. Daylight. Where uh, there's a, you know, classic story about a trash company trying to get rid of toxic waste you know they they need to just ditch it somewhere they're going through the new jersey tunnel and there's a car accident the toxic waste explodes and people are stuck in the tunnel between new york and new jersey underwater is this where jersey water comes from this is how it started the toxic waste in whatever river that's called i have no idea what it's called um but he plays like a taxi driver that was fired he used to be like an emergency services guy he made the wrong call one time and got fired that's what it's happens it's been eating him up for years I thought it was pretty good I gave it three and a half stars you know there you go can't beat it success Sylvester yeah. Sloan disaster movie we need more disaster movies that was mm. the one thing I started reading about Daylight you know this was like in the midst of like a disaster movie craze Volcano mm. Dante's Peak Renaissance for disaster Twister yeah. I also, I was, I've been getting on an audio commentary kick again, and I Saw listened that. to the Prince of Darkness commentary. John Carpenter, a lot of fun. Oh, I didn't re- write a review for this yet because I'm not done it yet, but I listened, I started listening to the audio commentary for Escape from New York. Oh, nice. Because it has Carpenter and Kurt Russell. What? And they reference, I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated with this. I, I, I apologize for saying it all the time. But when they reference how long ago they filmed the movie, because it's always like crazy when I listen to these, some of these, they're from like the heyday of DVD, like around the 2000s. Um, and they'll say like, oh yeah, how long ago we filmed this movie? At one point he says they filmed Escape from New York as a recording 14 years ago. Wait, they did an audio commentary 14 years later? 14 years later. So then I was like, wait a minute, that's like <laughs> 1995. So then I Google on eBay. Oh gosh. Escape from New York Laserdisc. And it was on the Laserdisc special edition for Escape oh, from New York. My. So I think that's really when some of these audio commentaries started was on Laserdisc. That's I, crazy. We need to get we need to start we need to get a Laserdisc player. I have Casey, one. Casey shut off your mic. We need to well, start buying Laserdisc. We need to start buying more Laserdiscs. And we need to listen to some of these commentaries. Hmm. So just a little interesting nugget there. Our nerd uh, company will produce them. Homework for everyone. Go buy a Laserdisc player. <laughs> what, what would we call our boutique Blu-ray company? Boutique. <laughs> Enough. We'll, we'll talk to a... Das Mark. Boutique. <laughs> if Art were here, he probably would have said something about He's stroking out right now. <laughs> Savvy is here. Uh, it's perfect time because we're about to get into Barbie. Our feature presentation this week, as discussed at the top of the show. Barbie 2023. We put the call out to our supporters on Patreon to vote one movie to end it all. The losing movie would not be covered on an episode. 
that would be released. And Oppenheimer lost. It was a, it wasn't even close. So we're we're gonna be talking Barbie. Perto, what's this movie about? Out there, somewhere, is Barbie Land. We thought it was make believe, but the Mattel Corporation has found a way to tap into a metaphysical space that is inextricably connected to our world. There, Barbies are thriving with daily beach trips, dance parties, and sleepovers in the Barbie Dreamhouse. But one day, stereotypical Barbie begins having thoughts about her own mortality and seeks the guidance of weird Barbie. Turns out that someone in the real world is playing with her and giving her these un-Barbie-like thoughts. So Barbie and Stowaway Ken travel down the pink roadway to find this girl in the real world and try to set things right. But is the real world like Barbie land? Has the world not fully embraced the utopia of Barbie land? Are horses in charge? <laughs> Barbie. Come on, we got important things to do. It's her and her and me and you in pain. Boy, I was cackling seeing your review come across for Barbie. Horse week. It could not be denied. Horse week. Mm-hmm. We tried to avoid horse week for weeks. Yeah. And lo and behold, what we walked into with this movie. I was trying to think back to when this was like announced. You know, Greta Gerwig directing and writing Barbie. I have to assume that everyone just kind of eye rolled, right? Did we all eye roll back then or, or were we still trusting of Greta post Little Women, you think? Oh, I think I eye rolled at the kind of obviousness of Margot Robbie playing Barbie. It just kind of felt like on the nose a bit. And I was just like, oh, why is Greta doing this? It felt, yeah. it just felt odd going from, I mean, no, I mean, you know, no little woman is like the gold standard. Right. It's say. not like a non IP movie, if that makes sense. So right. it's like she hasn't, like, it's not like Lady Bird. Um, but I did, I did kind of cringe. I'm like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. And of course, Margot, for me, was only at this point Harley Quinn. Um, so of course, I was just like, ah, what's happening? Right Actually, I keep forgetting that she was so great in Itania. Right. Fantastic. I never saw it, but I, I, oh, I know what you're talking yeah, you about. Yeah, you gotta watch that. Um, I also think it's like, you know, there's. I made a joke at the top of the show about like the Mattel cinematic universe, and people are like, you know, clutching their pearls. Like this is a Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. What, what did we really expect from Mattel? Potentially, I mean, they already made a Barbie movie. What the heck were they going to do? Stop? Mm. Stop making movies? Money. About, yeah. yeah, stop making money. Should we stop? We see it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they make Ken's Mojo Dojo houses on the spot <laughs> right. to make money. <laughs> Uh, Pardo, do you have any vague memories way back when, and and what was your kind of like anticipation level ahead of this thing? While I'm coming off of recently watching Greta in both Francis Ha, which mm. I loved, and also White Noise, which she was in. So she was acting oh, yeah. in these movies, not directing. Um, but still, like I, you know, I, I love her as as an actor. So um that was a plus. And then I, I think this because of like Barbie, I didn't really know 
what to expect of like how long the leash would be, uh, so mm-hmm. to speak, and like how much freedom would she have? Because you know, this isn't necess- this isn't like a Marvel situation where it's like you kind of sign up to direct a movie and not really have you know as much leeway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like, well, maybe you know, I, I don't know. So I think I was pretty positive seeing that of just you know being a, a, a Greta fan and hoping that she could make the movie that she would want to make. Yeah, I. I think I remember the f- the first teaser trailer was that 2001 oh. homage, and I was all I think I was all in from there. I was mm-hmm. like, this this could be something. It could be something very special. Well, she's obviously one of us. Mm-hmm. She's a film lover. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Greta's definitely one of us. Greta, come on the show anytime you want. By the way, can you imagine? You know what's crazy is how I was reading about the history of this the Barbie licensing. And I mean, we don't have, we basically don't have this movie without Margot. Her production company uh, picked up the Barbie license after it lapsed from Universal and went to Warner. And so when Margot's production company, I'm forgetting their name of it right now, um, picked it up, she basically said she wanted Greta to write it. Greta wanted Noah with her. And then of course, having her direct it was a smart choice. So, I mean, Margot knew, I mean, Mm-hmm. That this was the 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 path for her, and I'm I, happy she did it. Yeah. I mean, we had like Amy Schumer was years ago attached to it with a different writer at <laughs> and Universal. I mean, there's Anne Hathaway at one point was attached. It's insane. Mm. Oh, that's so funny you said Anne Hathaway because I was thinking today of like who else could have played Barbie, and Anne Hathaway was the only other actress that I could come up with who I thought could have done it. Mm, yeah, Paul in chat said Lucky Chap Entertainment. And she she starts out she starts Lucky Chap to have more women empowered uh, movies and production and TV shows, et cetera, in Hollywood. And I mean, Margot's doing it. Yeah, she's killing it right now. One of the things that I wanted to bring up for this chat was the writing of this movie. Like, as oh, I was yeah. sitting in the theater, so I went to go see it last week, pretty far in advance to have a discussion on a podcast, at least for me. Like, I can't watch a movie this far in advance and retain any information. So I sat in the back row, mm. hashtag back row boys, nope. and I was, you know, whipping out my phone nope. to take notes. <laughs> uh, thankfully, there was nobody really too close to me, so I turned the brightness down. And so I was taking some notes, but man, the writing in this movie is genius. Mm. It's so funny, but it's like... I think it was way more subversive than I was anticipating. Like, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was laughing the loudest, I think, in my theater at some of these jokes. And some jokes, I was the only person laughing. (laughs) Um, I wrote some lines down, like, I think my favorite line in the movie is when the executives are sitting... I think it was the 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 younger guy who brings the news to the executives oh or something. God. I can't remember. But there's a line that I like wrote down and I almost died. He's like, I'm a man with no power. Am I a woman? <laughs> <laughs> Some of the writing in this, it felt like... I almost like couldn't believe my ears yeah. at some of the kind of like cutting jokes in this. Um, also, there was a line like when they were talking like, are you two shining? Are you shining? Oh my gosh. Like I was, I was honestly blown away by the writing and this isn't even really getting into like the speech, you know, the big speech, uh, 
at the end of the movie that kind of talks about the dichotomy of what it means to be a woman in in the modern world. I was honestly blown away by the jokes in this. Perto, what did you think on this viewing? Uh, yeah, I had a, I mean, I had a lot of fun. I was laughing as well. Um, I honestly thought it was brilliant that they started uh, early on with the beach off joke. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Because that is such like a dude joke. Like I, I was like, I was like, I started laughing and thinking like, oh God, am I laughing too loud at beach <laughs> off? Two guys talking about beaching off each other. <laughs> uh, I, I laughed at um, Chandler Levac, a close personal friend of mine, a director and writer of I Like Movies. And I saw her review first and she's like, and she wrote a Tim and Eric sketch meets a Dove body ad. <laughs> and I was like, I saw that before I saw the movie. And I was like, wow, what? That's the Barbie movie? And it it felt that way to me. Danny, what did you think? I mean, I felt blindsided by this movie, I think. I didn't know. I honestly didn't know what I expected going into it besides just a funny comedy. But this, um, the writing of the patriarchy kind of shocked me. I just couldn't believe how they just went hard and not mm-hmm. even in, I think Casey writes it in her review, just a, like a, a, not in a mean way towards men, but in a way that will get it. Right. Some will get it, I guess. I've seen the comments online. Um, But I just was shocked by the writing. And then that's just like, the message of the movie, but the little bits are what I find brilliant, especially in like the intro with Lizzo's song and Lizzo singing Lizzo's song, basically like laying what Barbie land is out for us as we watch the movie without them trying to explain Barbie land and how it works. And we watch Margot, or I mean, we watch Barbie go through her morning routine and it's just killing me. It's mm-hmm. brilliant. Like, it's so funny. And then we get the Lizzo song again when Barbie starts losing it. And it's, the lyrics are different. Yeah. Barbie's losing it. It's just, it's just, it's different level of thinking when creating this movie that is, it's, I feel like we've never seen something like this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about how they, how they went after those, those topics of patriarchy and, um, you know, it, feminism and what what it means to be a woman of like because i think in movies tend there's a lot of movies that will talk about things and will say it's like oh it's on the nose or they're blunt but it's it's because they're not actually directly talking about it they're doing everything but directly talking about it and then it kind of feels forced and this because it's so just a part of the world like they they make it intrinsic to the world that barbie mm-hmm. is like this utopia for women versus the real world that they can just talk about it directly because it's it's the plot of the movie. Um and Greta I think Greta like that's one of Greta's her um one of the things that she she likes to do cuz you think of even in like little women she does mm-hmm. this as well. She loves to have like these monologues that are very direct and talking to the the <laughs> themes that the movie revolves around. Like she likes yeah. to have these moments. So it's, it's definitely something that she's like passionate about, but I agree there, there is some, there, there's some chemistry to this movie that is different than anything that I can re- remember in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, the idea that like, she has this assumption that she is the benchmark for 
the real world. Mm-hmm. And like the real world has has taken on what we have. It's perfect. And then she gets there and sees like the construction scene. Oh my God. And she expects like, oh yeah, finally I'll talk to, you know, strong woman, get in the sense <laughs> of the situation. And then they see the women on the billboard and she's like, oh, the Supreme Court. Um, I, I love that. And I love the way it was like thrown back at her about how bad things are. Like you've actually done damage mm. and things are different than what you have expected. And I love the scene of her sitting on that like bus bench. Oh my God. Holy moly. Excuse me. What a scene. She just sits there taking everything in. Oh my gosh. Amazingly. Amazingly. When then she talks scene. to the old lady next to her. Oh yeah. Tells how beautiful she is. I mean, that scene, I think Greta said that was going to be cut from the film and I can't, and she wouldn't have it. There's no way that scene gets cut. I think that woman is like a famous designer. As oh, well. nice. I'm not sure if anyone has seen that. Yeah, Marcy says costume designer. Um, yeah. What do you think of Ken, Proto? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> so stereotypical Ken played by Ryan Gosling. The problem with Ryan Gosling Uh-oh. is that he's so handsome <laughs> and and so funny. Mm. Um he is, he's like very naturally funny. Um, and I haven't seen, shut up everybody. The nice guys, we all know. Gotta watch it. the nice guys. We get it. We get it. <laughs> I'll make a discord rule that just prevents anyone from bringing up the nice guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is, he's perfect in this movie. He is, I mean, he's like, I want to say he's a hero for me right now. Thinking about, <laughs> Gosh. This guy Ken and the chemistry that him and and Margo have, like that scene where he in the beginning where he asked to stay over. Oh my gosh! And then it, it cuts to like all the girls are already at the house, and it's like you know, no, we're having a slumber party tonight and every night for the rest of forever. <laughs> <laughs> and just like the look on his face and him taking that in. Um, I, I mean, I loved him, but I, I thought all the Ken... I mean, everyone in this movie looked like they were having the time, the time of their life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't he do like that walk, that accentuated walk after she says they're having a sleepover? He does like this weird he sachet, does his dance. right? He does his dance from the, the choreography before. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I mean, the the parts where he gets to the real world too and sees how men have the power... And it's like blowing his mind that the roles have reversed like in in the Barbie world to there and his like studying of the horses. He starts finding these books <laughs> and then he starts dressing like Sylvester Stallone from oh Rocky God. in the Barbie land. Like that stuff added like a, a whole other layer that I was not expecting. Like his, the Ken journey essentially to finding who who he is in, in the modern world, I thought was just crazy stuff. I think that um, that whole montage scene where he's going up the escalator and seeing, like, it's just flashing the dollar bills, the presidents, the Stallone is one. Mm-hmm. It, I was, I mean, I, I've watched this twice and I that scene is, it's incredibly funny. And his reaction to unlocking patriarchy in his head is incredible. Like he's, he's, He's just, it's really funny. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it's yeah. one of my fun, one of the funniest scenes in the film because it's just it's insane. It's insane also what Greta shows us uh what uh patriarchy looks like. <laughs> like I could stop laughing at all the Stallone pictures and then the horses and just like the sound effects when they're fist bumping and mm-hmm. it's it's hilarious. Wasn't there a sign where Ken is talking to like a businessman or something and he said he like was complaining about how busy he was? Oh, and then- wasn't he like, I'm actually not that busy or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> or when he, when he talks to the female doctor and uh, he's like, I want to do surgery or something. Could I have a scalpel or whatever he says? Uh, yeah. So stupid. Oh my God. Yeah. The confidence that he has that he can do anything because he's a anything. man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, yeah, I, lo- I love that because him, him coming to the real world and his realization is that all you have to do to be able to do anything you want in this world is to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it was so good. Pardo, what, what's on your list of uh, moments from this movie? Uh, 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 or topics? Well, the, um, the, let's talk about the production design. Mm-hmm. Capital P, capital D. Uh, I me. mean, the, the, the look of Barbie Land is just so spot on and the way it was realized because they could have screwed this up in a thousand different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. The volume. And I, oh. and, yeah, and I feel like 999 other times that this movie would have been made, they would have screwed it up. Um, but this was just incredible. The way it looked, the way it, it felt fake, but there was people there. They also did this thing and I, I'm curious as to like how what prosthetics they used or how they did it. But there were so many parts where they actually looked like plastic. Like you could see that it was like Margot Robbie. But then at certain looks, it would be like, are her legs plastic right now? Yeah. <laughs> Especially like they when they use like those models where they like it was uh like they pulled a camera back and then it was like her car and you and it just it oh, looked like yeah, the toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That stuff was incredible and it was seamless as a transition into like real and fake. Uh, and, and and just amazing, amazing look to this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Katie Spencer did the set decoration and she deserves, in my opinion, a lot of the praise for this film. I couldn't get over how everything felt. It had a texture where I wanted to like touch it. Like I wanted to, I wanted to feel everything in this universe. And, and the things that I loved the most were the attention to details on moments that were just like little comedy bits. So when, when Barbie is having her existential crisis and she drinks a spoiled milk and she turns it over and it says expired, like it's already printed on the, <laughs> on the milk cart and like little things like that, like made my day. Like it's just, it's clever. It's simple. And, uh, it's just smart. Like everything about this film felt smart. And the sect decoration was some of my favorite bits the, when they have to, when they travel to the real world and it's the like 2d oh. cutouts side scrolling of the oceans and the, the snow and the, mm-hmm. like everything about that and all, all their outfits in those scenes too were killing me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's, it's gorgeous stuff. And I like how they didn't try. to when you get to the real world, it almost felt like they didn't have to do anything because it's, it looks like crap compared to Barbie land. Right. And it didn't feel like they had to like, try to like grunge it up more than <laughs> what LA actually is <laughs> because it's so jarring already to go from Barbie land to LA. Yeah. 
How do we get Barbie Land into Universal Epic? Can we make some calls? Is there uh, any way we can push this through? It's got to happen. It's going to make a billion dollars. My yeah. God. Can you imagine? Disney, if, just, just retire if this happens. You're mm. finished. Mm. I will never step foot in another oh, Disney careful. prop. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you want to say that. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll walk it back a little bit. But <laughs> I'm just saying it's time to make some moves. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah. I, I mean... I mean, how many Oscars could this movie be nominated for? It just feels kind of nuts for, to, to me. Set design, story, director, actress, film, actor, supporting, supporting. Actor. I mean, America. I mean, just give it to America. Jeez Louise. I love that plot, that reveal about how you think it's the daughter who is like struggling to connect. And then they show that it's her. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. That was so cool. Yeah. How about Mattel? The company in the movie. Make a bank. (laughs) What did you think of Will Ferrell back again? Twice in one year on this podcast, Proto. Uh, Our boy, Will Ferrell. (laughs) Almost back-to-back weeks. Well, I guess, wait, we did Stranger Than Fiction. The bonus episode. Was that last week? Just talked about this guy. Just talked about him. Um, I mean, I thought it was funny, you know, and it's clever uh, the way they did that. Um, the humor, I, I don't know. I feel like that's one aspect of it that I couldn't totally put my finger on what like the angle was with all of like those corporate jokes or like why they were so like aloof, but also like not, they like weren't the bad guys, but they were. Right. They were, tr- they were trying, but they didn't realize yeah. that like, <laughs> which, you know, I guess could also be another on the nose <laughs> comment about those dudes. Yeah. I, you know, that was one of the things. So I was like looking around and like, of course, like reading complaints that people have about, about this research, movie. doing mm-hmm. some research, and, yeah, doing some, re- some movie Let's insider research. And that seemed like to be one of the things that people would say after watching this, that like, even though this movie has a good message for women and rails against the patriarchy, it's still produced by, Mattel, and they're laughing all of the way to the bank as you suckers watch it in mm. the theater. Um, which I, I guess you can make that argument. Um, but it, it strikes me as odd to have that like take away from what the movie is. And maybe I'm a hypocrite. Maybe I've said, I haven't said this in the past, but I don't know. I feel like I view a movie in a vacuum. Like, of course, there's things you can talk about in context, but like, wh- like that's not a part of the movie that like Mattel, I mean, Mattel's in it, but it doesn't really matter for like what the movie is as you're watching it. If, if there are executives laughing that they're making a lot of money because we're watching it, but it's still a good product and a good story and is like propping up things that are important or, you know, shining light on important topics, I'll happily give my money to Mattel Mm. for them to continue to produce movies like that. I I just don't understand why that is like taking away from all the good things that this movie would do and why you would like want to count that against this. I love Mattel. You're a Mattel shareholder. Just said at the top of the show. (laughs) Disclaimer. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I get, I can see some people making that point, but I mean, you could say, you could say that literally about every movie that is made yes. today. So I don't really think that kind of critique works for this movie personally. Hmm. Uh, second favorite scene 
in the movie. When Ken is running away crying and it cuts to Michael Sarah Allen <laughs> tearing up and containing his own sob. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, can, how many people can get at Oscars in this movie? Mm-hmm. This might this might set. A, I don't know what the record is. It's probably some Lord of the Rings movie, but maybe this breaks that record. Did you know Vigo broke his toe when he kicked <laughs> that helmet? <laughs> oh my god! Too much. <clears throat> what else you got, Danny? Anything else that we haven't talked about? Um, I. My, uh, I would love to talk more about Margot because mm-hmm. I feel like she might get a, not as much love as like Ryan gets in this film, but I don't, she's clearly the best part of this movie. And I, I find her when I think of like Margot's performances, cause all I really know her of is Harley Quinn. And I think she's a good Harley Quinn. I like her. I like her as Harley in the movies I've seen. And I know there's like funny bits and she's playing Barbie, but when she's, when she's back to Barbie land, she's unlocked all of the, um, the Barbies who've been brainwashed by patriarchy Mm. and she's having her moments where she wants to be, um, a real human or even just thinking about it before she like talks, has a great moment with Ken up there in the bedroom She's just her performance in the like the in the the last act of this film is just really convincing, and she's just kind of brilliant in these scenes when she's she's talking to the creator, and gosh the 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 um, Billie Eilish song kicks in and she's having the flashbacks and there's just something so pure about Margot's performance that I really hope she gets a, a, as much credit as she deserves her carrying this film basically on her back. Yeah. I mean, Ryan's hilarious, but man, this film doesn't survive without Margot. Absolutely. And and that's even like not even mentioning what we talked about earlier, like the actual like executive producer work yeah. Yeah. that she did to get this movie made. Um one of the, my other favorite lines where she says towards the end is I want to do the imagining. I don't want to be the idea. Mm. Good heavens. Yeah. Am I rooting for a doll? (laughs) (laughs) Savvy, our local Barbie expert in chat. For me, the most interesting part in the entire movie is conducted like a play. Watching it feels like playing dolls at an 11-year-old's house with your besties, even the ending. Mm. Yeah, for sure. The the weird Barbie angle was was so good because I feel like my sisters had a weird Barbie too. Like I bet every girl had a weird Barbie. It's like Mm -hmm. one you experiment with, right? Right, where you cut the hair off Mm -hmm. and it's like, well... Now she just doesn't have hair. <laughs> <laughs> the um, that montage scene uh, where she's seeing all the families of being a human. That montage scene is all home videos um, sent in by people who worked on the film. So it's all personal Ooh, wow. uh, moments mm. for people who you know worked on and poured their lives into this film for however long they did. Yeah, those scenes that felt like it might have been hard to convince um executives to to allow those scenes to stay in the in the movie mm. because there there is and I heard other people mentioning this how there is like this abruptness in this between like comedy and like having fun to like this very emotional drama bits um like that 
Um, but that that feels like very Greta to me. So I'm sure she like fought for that. And you know, maybe this, like you're saying, this wouldn't have happened this way if it wasn't for Margot Robbie having as much influence as she did over this, because those just feel like scenes that'd be like, this doesn't work. This doesn't fit with the vibe of the movie. It's kind of coming in out of left field. But when you, I, I think it, it, it does, it does work for the audience, even though it, it, it feels like, um, I don't know, like a, like a risk or just like something out of the ordinary. Cause even yeah. as watching it, it felt kind of jarring, but I liked it. I mean, this one is like ripe for a audio commentary with oh, Greta yes. and Margot to like tell some of those stories. Like I would love to hear some of their like, oh yeah, this scene we had to fight for, this scene, yada yada yada. Like get let's hear some of those like stories that they they know about but haven't been shared yet. I'd love to listen to that. Man, I I watched an interview with Margot, or excuse me, Greta, and it was brought up about the the two thousand one intro. And she had the idea for it and she had told them that there's no way she does it without fully doing the entire intro right. So they like built the sets. They they did everything that Kubrick would have done to have made that scene. And I just, mm. I loved it. I mean, should they have the Shining reference? They have the Doctor Strangelove style uh, office oh, set up yeah. in Mattel. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> That's like shot for shot too, isn't it? Yeah. The same scene. Like I think I saw a video of this, both scenes playing at the same time and they're identical. It's insane. Going through my list here. Uh, when he's wearing two sets of sunglasses. <laughs> Three watches. <laughs> <laughs> How about oh, the, the Snyder Cut joke? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like I was the only one laughing in the theater at that. Oh my God. That was amazing. What did she say? I was made to believe like I care about the Snyder Cut. It was, yeah, I wrote like, it's like I was in a dream and I was obsessed with the Zack Snyder Cut. I was, oh I was like the God. fog. I was like looking around the theater. I was like, did that just happen? <laughs> Does Greta listen to our show? What is happening? <laughs> and then like them talking uh, in Ken's house where they're trying to like break, reverse brainwash and they're, they're talking about the Godfather. He's, oh and God. they're like, can you start the movie over and oh talk about the whole God, thing? Oh my God, the Godfather bit. That was Jesus. great. Yeah. That was also was so great. Like there's so many digs at guys, but they're so, like it's so fun. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, none of it felt like mean-spirited mm-hmm. because I mean, I laughed at all of them because it's like, yeah, that's that's right, right? That's us, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, she's not wrong. So I went through my list. I'm at five stars. I put it in my letterbox for you. I couldn't contain it. Full disclosure, I DM'd the both of the hosts to just talk about me dropping yeah. that five bang. It's fine. You can't withhold the five bang. It's not healthy. I said it in my review. No, you so. can't get backed up. <laughs> Danny, anything else on your list? Um, sheesh, I don't know. I mean, there's just th- one of the crazy things about Barbenheimer happening, and I told Casey this is after watching Oppenheimer, we, we did the we did the same day. We did Barbie first, then Oppenheimer a little bit later. And as much as I loved Oppenheimer, for me, it's not rewatchable. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not rushing back to watch Oppenheimer again, even though I loved it. Barbie, I feel like I could watch daily. Yeah. And I feel like I'll unpack more as I continue to watch this film. And as I see like comments online, like about it being like man hating, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the film is like clearly arguing that 
any gender holding any unfair amount of power is the problem. Mm-hmm. And like any anyone calling this kind of manhandling is like deliberately misinterpreting this film because they don't understand it. Right. And like the more that we have this film in our lives, the more that we'll grow as, you know, men in, a, in our society. And I, I texted a group of like artist friends, I have a group chat and they had asked me about Barbie. And I said, this is like one of the most, I think important films of, of, you know, our generation, if not of like all time for this conversation to happen. Uh, this is an easy five-star movie for me. Oh. Like easy. Everything about this movie is just humming. And uh, Casey got to take uh, our three daughters to see it, just the four of them. And I'm just kind of like, yes, like that kind of bonding moment you want. And you want your mm-hmm. daughters to see this as they grow up. And I mean, I'm going to want George to see it too. And he can fully grasp these kind of conversations. And it's just, it's just the perfect movie to you know, raise kids to, I think mm. it's easy. Like it's an easy conversation to have. And she does it so gracefully and so gently that, um, this is just, it's a perfect time for this. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like we're joking about like Barbenheimer and everyone's talking about Barbenheimer, but like how rare is this? Yeah. Right. Like I, f- we're going to be talking about that weekend and the weeks after for a long time. What's well, the first like. time in history that a double bill where both movies earned over $80 million each, which is insane. Mm. Only the fourth time, I think they said that it's ever over 50 million each. Right. Our former producer of this show, disgraced Ian, like he was looking for tickets to see Oppenheimer in 70 millimeter and they're like day showings are sold out. Night showings are sold out. It's pretty nuts. How well. I said this in the, in the discord, but I went to see Barbie nine o'clock at night on, on a Monday and the parking lot was full. Mm. Like, you know, it holds like, I don't know, like 800 cars or something. It's, it was completely full. I, could, mm. I, I don't know the last time I've seen it like that. Yeah. I went today on a Thursday at two ten, and I'm just like, the theater's full. And I sat in front of like four or five older women in their seventies and they were hilarious, just laughing. But when America Ferreira does her monologue, I mean, they were, they were clapping, cheering, amening. <laughs> like they, I, I felt like I turned around, they're probably on their feet standing. <laughs> like it was insane to watch their, rea- hear their reaction. And I'm like, yes, this is what I wanted from this experience. Yeah. Like a 4K box set or whatever oh, release they're going to do for Insta-Buy. this is going to be nuts. <laughs> nuts. My God. I think one of the things I was worried about, I think this was like in the trailer, is seeing that the transition goes to the real world. And when that happened, I was fearful that the movie was going to like maybe lose steam or kind of fall apart because we've seen that with movies before, right? Where they start Mm -hmm. in one area and it's like fun and interesting, but then the hero goes off to the real world or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the movie kind of like doesn't have a good plot or it just falls into a lot of tropes and it gets kind of boring. But I, I was surprised at how well, I don't even know if it was like well-paced, but it, it almost, it felt like there was like a different pace to this than what I was expecting. The way they like pretty quickly got back to Barbie land, which of course is brilliant. Like, why would you not have the whole movie there if you could? Because it looks amazing. Um, so I was I was really in, impressed with just um, 
with that and just how the story was structured. And it didn't really get bogged down. Um, yeah, you'd expect like three quarters of the movie to be in the real world. Yeah, they're not there they, they even things out very well, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, when, when Ken had those books and he's like, I'm going back to Barbie land. He's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, Ken. Yeah, yeah he's done. There. <laughs> uh, and speaking of Ken, th- his dance number, and maybe oh, that, I don't know, God. was that like an homage to all that jazz? I thought it was um, Singing in the Rain. Oh, maybe that's potentially too. It was um, a Gene Kelly homage. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fred Astaire. Maybe that's why Proto didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't connect with it. <laughs> Uh, but that that was that was great. Yeah, I can't I can't um, say how much how much I loved um, all the stuff with the Kens, uh, and even that like the, the, it's so ridiculous to me that like men would watch this and 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 bristle at it mm-hmm. of like oh it's it's, it's man hating or or whatever like newsflash <laughs> you've won all right. <laughs> You're a man. You, men rule the world already. Mm-hmm. Like if, if there's if there's if there's jokes at your expense, who, who, like what are you fighting against? You mm. already are, like have all the advantages that you could possibly need. Oh my God! There's a movie that are making jokes at your expense. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. I Shut want up. them gone. I want them gone. Lock them up. Security. Can you handle this? Don't get out of here. Send me a DM. We can talk about it. You know, we'll talk about it further because the they need help. Home. These men need help. That's what we're here to do. And I want to help them. Do not DM me. I don't want to help you. <laughs> DM Proto Lexus on threads. Why <laughs> <laughs> Proto on threads? Send them DMs yet. <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, but I agree. I mean, I think this movie is a classic. I think it will be oh remembered as a classic. Yes. Uh, it, I, th- I really think it's special the way they were able to do, you know, everything with the, the sets and all the practical effects uh, and didn't, didn't get stuck in the dome. Um, it just, there's so much love that was poured into this movie and it, and it shows it comes through from everyone. I mean, the smiles in everyone's faces as they're doing, like uh, acting in the movie. Um, so yeah, this is a five star movie. Oh, God, can you? I mean, they gave Greta and friends. We haven't even mentioned her co-writer Noah Baumbach. Thank you, Noah. (laughs) Thank you for your input on men. Um, they gave her how much money? Two hundred million dollars or whatever to do this movie, and it makes me wonder. You know, obviously, it's not possible for every director Mm -hmm. to do this, but like. And I shudder to bring up the Marvel movies. Okay. But like, if they did, like, just give some genius a lot of money to do one movie, you know? Mm. And let's see what happens. Like, it's crazy that she was able to get this much approved, this much money, and still do everything right. You know? Like, that's just a testament to how talented she is. So, whatever, what's the next project she's allegedly working on? The book series? The Narnia stuff. The Narnias? Oh, yeah. I'm all for it. So, I read an amazing quote that Margot said about Greta when she was pitching this movie. And she equated, uh, she said, this will be like Steven Spielberg playing with toy dinosaurs, the way Greta will play with the Barbie universe. And I'm oh like, my God. oh, you knew what to say, Margot. Yeah, holy moly. Margot, you're always welcome to come on the show to talk yeah. about your letterbox account that you deleted. She doesn't um, delete it. It's still there. Etc. I mean, Barbie too. Skipper's return. 
it's coming, right? <laughs> it's funny because when the when the conversation is brought up now about like Polly Pocket or like whatever else Mattel does with all these movies, like I, I cringe for a second, but I don't care because I have this Barbie movie. Right. Like who, I, who, I don't care what they do next. Right. I don't care whatever movie Martin Mattel puts out next. That we have this Barbie movie and it was all worth it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I and I didn't I didn't fact check this at all, but thank you. I saw somewhere it said that the the budget of Oppenheimer and Barbie combined was less than Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh my God. <laughs> no, come <I> on! <laughs> what Twitter account said that? The posting was, was, was that Pop Crave? Whatever uh, what Twitter accounts going around now. We, but even if that's not true. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that it's it's not that they're like good movies like cost too much. It's that they're putting money in the in the wrong yeah. hands. That's yeah. all it is. In the wrong places. We're looking at you, James Gunn. <laughs> James Gunn is gonna is gonna set this thing right. Don't even this that. DCU. Okay, you just you just wait. We have some letters to get to. You can uh, send us one at seventy mmpod at gmail You can send a voice memo there if you want. Or a letter. Um, I'm going to get this one out of the way right now. Oh, gosh. Sender V'ger Village. Oh, gosh. Last time we got a V'ger email. I, anything V'ger related in our inbox, usually just... Mm-hmm. It, it never goes as well as we'd hope. But we'll see how this letter goes. Uh, subject line is Barbie better than Oppenheimer. It has the little angle sign. What do you call okay. that in math? Better than? Greater, greater than? than? Less than. I did great in school. <laughs> the Barbie movie is better than the Oppenheimer movie for several reasons. Firstly, the Barbie movie is a fun and lighthearted film that appeals to a wider audience, including children and families. It promotes positive messages about self-confidence, friendship, and acceptance. In contrast, this sounds like an AI wrote it. Anytime it you did. see in it's contrast. Totally, yeah. In contrast, the Oppenheimer movie could be constrained by its focus on historical accuracy and might struggle to deliver the same level of entertainment and excitement. Am I banning every email with feature mm-hmm. in the sub in the sender? Thank yeah. you, chat GPT. <laughs> Is this what people want? They want me to waste my time reading chatbot <laughs> emails. Is that what people want? Peter sent a next email in. Truman Show Hunger Games and the original influence. What the? Hello. I would imagine you'll get numerous emails and messages about this, but while Truman Show may have some influence on the Hunger Games, Hunger Games is essentially a slightly varied version of the 2000 movie Battle Royale, which was itself based on a book which was completed in 1996 and got published in 1999. For a quick summary of the book novel... (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Peter. A fascist government pits high school students against one another in a fight to the death until only one survives. Winner lives. Similar to our voting, actually. Mm-hmm. The author of Hunger Games, Suzanne Collins, says she never heard of Battle Royale prior to handing in her novel. And who knows? Maybe she didn't. Similarities are vast, though. Mm-hmm. Although there is another piece of work that predates all of them, and it's rather surprising this doesn't come up more often because it's not exactly an unknown. In 1979, a dystopian horror novel by the title The Long Walk was published by Richard Bachman, who many will recognize as the pseudonym for Stephen King. 
So while the TV pageantry element of the Truman Show absolutely could have been an influence on in the Hunger Games, the plot of the Hunger Games was already done twice before and in a much more brutal, brutal, impactful manner. The last part is obviously my opinion, but read The Long Walk and watch Battle Royale and judge for yourself. Dig the show. Huzzah, Peter. Thanks, Peter. Thank you, Peter. The Long Thank Walk. Carl, you. you ever read The Long Walk? Uh, no, I've n- never. And... um I've actually never read a Stephen King novel. I've only read his uh, his memoir. So really, blind spot for me. Yeah. Stephen King writes like thirty books a year, right? Yeah, Is that at least at least thirty a year? That's why he's the king. <laughs> it's in the name. Mm-hmm. You think he? You think that's his real last name? <laughs> it was bestowed upon him. Oh boy, Stephen King's tw- X account. How about that? Everyone? Oh gosh. <laughs> Can't even say you it just, out loud. What, Savvy, what is your IG? Your not IG. Your letterbox username. Savvy didn't write in, but Savvy is long known as our Barbie expert in the Discord. I'm gonna read a little piece of her review on Letterbox. Queen Savvy Sav, if you want to follow her. Uh, Barbie is delightfully playful and jarringly existential. The film is able to encapsulate the voice of a little girl that is screaming inside every grown woman. Margot doesn't dominate the screen within the role of Barbie. Rather, she walks hand in hand with the audience as she navigates femininity, purpose, and despair, all while still making you laugh. Barbie is about bravery and kindness and dreams and pink. Queen Savvy Sash. <laughs> Savvy bringing us back home. Um, now to derail it, I, we do have a voicemail. Oh, perfect. Sorry. I mentioned our former producer, Ian. Oh, um, he left us a VM. So let's see. Let's see what old Ian has to say. Let me get my little VM machine up here. Sorry. GM seventy millimeter podcast <laughs> and VHS villagers. Dumbass. Bantam. This is former producer, disgraced producer, Ian. The time is twelve forty six a.m. I am in Studio City, California, <laughs> sitting in my hotel room giving you my live reaction of Barbie. What a blessing. Greta Gerwig <laughs> is a genius. Mm. Everyone involved was so spot on. And RIP, Matchbox 20 fans. <laughs> all around the world. May they rest in peace. <laughs> to my friends, Slim, Proto, and Danny, I wish you the best of luck. As three cis white men <laughs> discussing the intricacies of this film in a way that will not come off as completely pandering or sarcastic. <laughs> but you three are the best in the biz. Aww. So I know, nay, all the villagers know, you will make it work. Thank you for your time. <laughs> and may God bless Barbie land. <laughs> 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 like Ian was in bed with the covers over him. Trying to wake his kid. Yes. Right. <laughs> Incredible. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Okay. That's it for the uh letters, the VMs. And now we have to hear from Proto about what next week's movie is. We're kicking off Foggist. You know, movies we loved when we were younger. We think they're great, but are they still great? Yeah, you know, the fog of nostalgia watching over us. Yeah. We're playing a dangerous game here. Mm-hmm. Real dangerous. This could backfire. And that's that's my fear because uh, my pick, 
Um, you know, my dad really got me into movies. Oh, um, wow. Watched a lot of movies with my dad. Uh, he loved, still loves science fiction. Um, and this is a movie that I've watched. I watched many times with him and I have fond memories of watching. But, uh, and I had, when we started, I think even when, I feel it was like April, we, we, we put this in the books that we were going to do for August. And I almost knew immediately the movie I wanted to do. Well, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a dear, dear friend, dear friend of the show, um, watched it oh and, my. uh, dear friend Throwbridge and he gave it two and a half stars. Oh no. Um, so I started getting nervous, but <laughs> we still got to do it. Um, so from 1994, Roland Emmerich's Stargate. Oh, hell <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yo. What a okay. pick. Okay. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh Yo. my God. I'm excited about this. Kurt Russell, James Spader. Oh my gosh. This cast. <laughs> Streaming on the Roku channel and Prime right now. Uh, let's see. Interstellar teleportation device found in Egypt leads to a planet with humans resembling ancient Egyptians who worship the god Ra. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> this is perfect timing with what's going on on Capitol Hill. Oh. <laughs> if you get my drift. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Holy smokes. This is great. One of these wow, characters has like my last name. What? Yeah. Or I remember watching it for the first oh, time. Oh, yeah. It, it sounded like they said my last name. French Stewart is in this. What? I forgot the? about that. I've never seen this. I'm very excited. Oh. Whoa, really? I've only watched the TV show. Wow. And I was I, big I'm on shocked. like SGU too. Oh, baby. I can't this is This is big. This is okay. really big. Okay. Great work, Proto. Mm-hmm. Thank this you. This is a good way to start yeah. the month. Proto's done it again. <laughs> is there 4K of this? I was just thinking, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> There's a Blu-ray on Amazon for $75. What? What is going oh on here? God. I need to do some research on this. Yeah. Okay. Remember, wow. for, for those that aren't uh, patrons, you're not going to hear our alien talk in the uncut. We're yeah. going to go deep. Danny's reviewed all the documentation. Mm-hmm. He's been in the skiffs. Closed doors. Closed door meets. He uh, He's going to let us all know what's real, what's not real. Fred, any closing thoughts for Barbie this week? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Barbenheimer, huge, huge success, came upon us. Uh, congratulations to everyone who tweeted about it, or, or I'm sorry, zeted about it, or, you know, <laughs> it's an IG story or, or whatever you may have done to make it happen, because we all made it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had any, if you said anything about these two movies leading up to it, you made Barbenheimer happen. Now, we all know that Hollywood is going to try to replicate this. And it's probably going to be a disaster. Um, But I'm trying, I want to try to help them out. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to brainstorm some ideas. One idea I had is we got, it was just announced, Lena Dunham directing Polly Pocket. No. Wow. What if, what if we get Michael Bay to make a movie called Rocket? (laughs) Comes out the same day and we have Polly 
rocket happen. <laughs> Replicate the magic. Can it be done? We'll find out. We'll find out in 10 years. We'll see everybody next week for Stargate. Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pert Alexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. This, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Ooh.